Welcome to Stories That Shape Us. My name is Joanna Daniel. Stories That Shape Us is a daily podcast where I share my perspective on how different experiences influence our view of self, how we interact with others, and how we show up in the world. Hello, and welcome to Stories That Shape Us. My name is Joanna Daniel. Today, I want to talk about the lasting impact of being parented by a narcissist or the lasting impact of narcissistic parenting, whichever one. Um, just what are some of the things that we, when you experience and you grow up in a system where there's this, these kind of patterns of behavior, what are some of the lasting impact of it? So just to, just to recap over the last couple of days, we've been looking at what does it feel like um, being raised by a narcissist or enmeshment I talked about uh, on Monday and on Sunday I talked about the toxic mother-daughter relationship. Uh, so what are some of the lasting impact when, when this is happening, when you're growing up in a system where you're not allowed personal boundaries, where there was a lack of responsibility taken, where there was strings attached to the things that was done for you even though these things are things that is normal and natural for parents to do. When you see um, people being treated a certain way because there's this superiority that is happening, um, condescending to people, and you know, the, the, the list goes on. If you go back and, and listen to yesterday's podcast, you'll be able to hear some of the ways that I talked about um, just breaking down some of those things. So what, is, what are some of the lasting impacts of that? How does it, is there any? Now that you're an adult, shouldn't you, you know, Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. And you would think that, but you're an adult, why would it still, why would something that happened to you in childhood have lasting impact all the way through to now you are an adult, a woman, you're a man in their 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever the age. Okay, so why would it be impacting you now and why should it be significant? If I understand that's, that's how my parent is. I understand them. I, um, I've forgiven them. I've learned how to live with them. I've learned how to be their parents, the only parent I'm going to have. And I hear all these things happen and I've forgiven them is, is a big one that, that um, we say. But what are some of the lasting impacts and why is it still important to be able to understand and know that some of these things have direct links to the the way you, you were raised, the way you were parented. Some of these things have direct impact to, to, to that, direct connection rather to that. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm gonna pause here again and invite you to the, the Come See a Man conference in Swansea, April 8 and 9. There's also opportunities to view virtually if you send me a message you'll be able to get the details to register for that. But we would prefer you to be in the room because one of the workshops that we're going to do, I will be running, is helping you to define the defining story in childhood, whatever the defining story is. It might be mother-daughter relationship, might be being parented by a narcissist, it might be the abuse that you experience as a child in whatever form that you experience it. it might be, you know, why do I sabotage myself? What, what is it that happens that make me don't know who I am? How do I... What is it and how do I do it? You're going to find that defining story and we're going to help you to see the impact of the defining story, give you some tools to put in place so you can go home and start to create change in your life straight away. That's what we're helping you to do. So we hope that we'll see you there.
So thank you for listening to, to that. Now I'm going to go back to talking about, so what are some of those lasting impacts? So for example, the impact can range. It can be long ranging. Many, many things it can be relational, meaning the way you show up, the way you are in relationships is a direct result of this relational dynamic within your parents that was unhealthy. So it impacts you in the way that, for example, you notice that they're condescending. That's what you live. That's what you see. So you became condescending because values are learned and we just repeat what we see. Oftentimes without self-awareness, we're going to do the exact same thing that we see our parents doing. But when we have self-awareness, it helps us to start to create change, right? So um, so it, it's relationally. Also, it might show up in your parenting as well. And, but also the, the impact is also on a mental health, um, mental health sphere. It has impact in, on our mental health and on our physical health. So it might be connected to sometimes anxiety and depression. Uh, it's connected to low self-esteem, especially it's connected to, not especially, but it's connected to low self-esteem. And I, and I, and I pause here because Oftentimes, we don't see how the limiting beliefs that we have, uh, how we don't view ourselves as worthy, as worthwhile, as valuable, as being able to achieve or to aspire to certain things. We don't see the connection to the way that we were raised and the things that happened in our homes, in our childhood. Sometimes we can't make the connection and it's it's you know it's there and it's 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 clear when you know what to look for. So if you know that you have low self-esteem, and that's not something that's easy for anybody to know or to own rather, that I have low self-esteem. It's not so easy. So here's a tool that I want to give you to kind of know that for yourself. But this is not the only tool, but this is something that you can use that will help you. If you the way you think about yourself differs. So the way other people think about you, the chances are that's low self-esteem. For example, if you think, oh, well, I'm not good at this, well, I can't do anything, or I'm not, or no, and people think, but you're amazing. I think you're amazing. I think you're a great singer. I think your, your, your writing is beautiful. You should try and get published. Your art is amazing. And you're going, no, 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 it's not. It's that sometimes low self-esteem is the root. And and deeper root to that might be parenting by a narcissist or somebody with narcissistic tendencies or, you know, many other connections, but it might be follow on on from that. But, so sometimes people fix, want to address and fix their low self-esteem. Let me just fix the fruit. That's the fruit though. As long as we don't address the root, the fruit will continue. The, the, the tree will bear more fruit. It just bear another one in another direction. And so that's where we're at the conference. We're finding the defining story because the defining story is creating havoc in so many areas in your life. And you're not knowing what's the root to that. So we want to find the defining story so that it can stop bearing fruit. Low self-esteem is a fruit. We want the root. Okay. So there's also self-doubt. You don't believe that you are capable. You don't believe in yourself. You don't believe that you can do certain things. There's also self, lots of self-blame and sometimes self-loathing that is also attached to, to that, mostly because of what was mirrored to you, what was given to you. 
because a, a parent that is narcissistic is not going to tell you that you're amazing. They'll say it in a condescending tone, like, you think you're amazing, don't you? You think you're all that. You think you're special. That's how they'll say it. A, a parent that is healthy with healthy, um, on a healthy love and understanding of themselves and can love you from that place will say, I think you're amazing. I think you can do anything. I think that if you put your mind to anything, you'll be able to accomplish it. You see, you notice how the tone is different because it's coming from two different people. So just be aware of that. Um, then there'll be an inability. It's a big one. Inability to make decisions. Lots of people are crippled by decision making. They can't make decisions. If you're one of those people, again, it's a fruit. We need to find the root, the defining story, and help you to address it, the defining story, uproot it so it stops bearing fruit in decision-making. As I said, lots of people are stuck. If you're one of those people that are stuck in decision-making, I want you to know that you can develop the muscle, the, the ability to learn a process of decision-making and make your own decision. It, it might take a while to learn, but it's doable. I've seen people do it every day, and I believe that you can do it too. There's also difficulties with understanding emotion and expressing them. So low on emotional intelligence. And again, I, I believe that this is one like low self-esteem that sometimes as adults, we, we kind of fear to accept. So what, that might, what might that look like when somebody is not emotionally intelligent, when somebody is not dif have difficulty understanding their emotions? So we won't know when something affects us. We won't know that we're sad or we won't know how to articulate. We won't know how to explain how we feel about what's happening. And sometimes even when we explain how we feel, we might give somebody else responsibility for how we feel. So I can feel sad because of something that my husband does without him being responsible for my sadness. So you see the difference? He's not responsible for my sadness. I am. Now he can help, but if I am sad by uh, a habit that he has or a character quality that he has or how he deals with certain things, I can express that, but my sadness is mine to look after. So first, I'm going to acknowledge that I'm sad. I'm going to be aware of it. Now, I want you to hear me in this context because we have a healthy relationship. If it's an unhealthy relationship where there's emotional abuse, physical abuse of any kind, then this might not be, you can't, don't try this in, in that dynamic. So know for yourself, please, if, if and that's a disclaimer that I wanted to make, if it's an unhealthy relationship, it, it, the, same, the same things do not apply. But going back, we are responsible for how we feel, right? And so when we are understanding of our emotions, the things that happen that influence sadness for us, we can be aware of that. We can learn how to express it without asking someone to fix our sadness because nobody can fix my sadness because the triggers are not in anybody else it's in me and sometimes the trigger is connected to some issues in childhood a root that needs to be fixed um because the sadness is a fruit of a root right so we want to be able to understand we want to be able to understand ourselves we want to be able to become intelligent to our emotions we want to be able to understand our emotions, want to be able to express them. Because I, I can tell you that when it's somebody that's healthy, it really does make for a healthy, fulfilling relationship. 
where you can have conversations that are very different from the ones that you're used to having because you're aware of self um, and you become understanding to your emotions. So the, the last one that I want to look at is emotional availability in relationships. When that's one of the lasting impacts of being parented by a narcissist, emotional availability. And I believe one of those reasons are because, you know, you've had to repress so much because vulnerability is dangerous. Because if you ever talked about feeling sad or even happy or despondency or despair, you weren't allowed emotions. And so you learn how to repress them instead of expressing them. And so now that you are grown up and you're an adult and you're parenting your children or you're in a relationship or you're married or you're ready to start to be available, you're realizing that emotionally you're not present because you don't know how. Once again, that is, that is normal. And there are ways that you can learn how to heal and to have capacity emotionally so that you can enjoy rich, fulfilling lasting relationships. As you can see, all of the things that I've listed, anxiety and depression, low self-esteem, self-doubt, self-blaming, self-loathing, inability to make decisions, difficulty with understanding emotions and emotional availability in relationships, each one has implications for life throughout our lives, throughout your life. It disrupts life in many different ways. And so it's important to understand was this a defining story for me? How do I understand how it's impacting my life today? And what are some of the things that I can do to make changes to free myself so that I can enjoy rich, fulfilling relationships? Friend, you, you deserve that. You deserve to have that kind of relationship that is going to be deeply satisfying for you. Thank you for joining me in this episode of Stories That Shape Us. I hope you'll join me on the next story. Thank you for listening to Stories That Shape Us with Joanna Daniel. To learn more about Wounds to Scars and the work that we do with adult survivors of childhood trauma and women who experience abuse, you can visit our website at woundstoscars.com.